Hello and welcome to the Freemasons Podcast. I am your host, Right Worshipful Brother George Mudry. And with me tonight, nobody. I'm here by myself. Hence the song at the beginning of the show. Everyone else, beautiful day out, so everyone else was busy or indoor doing stuff. But see, that's what they're going to tell you. That's what they're going to tell me last time or the next time they come up here. But the real reason is, is today's topic is going to be about women and Freemasonry. And we all know that women are not allowed to be Freemasons. So basically, I'm just going to go with the fact that they're scared. They're afraid. And that's why they stuck, they ducked out of this, uh, this conversation. So just me, I'm going to bring it to you by myself. And uh, I'm going to reap the rewards and or wrath that may come from this. But eh, it's not going to be really wrath. Uh, hopefully, everything will be explained and everything will be understood. And we'll take it from there. I'm also going to talk about the appending bodies of Freemasonry that actually is men and women and where they come from. But first, I'm going to plug our sponsor, www.uponthepoint.com, for anybody who is in the Freemasons podcast group and or on the Freemasons podcast Facebook page. Worshipful Brother Joe is right now in Chicago. I believe it's a Star Wars convention or something going on. But he is wearing his Upon the Point cross lightsabers Masonic pin. So that was a pretty cool picture. Anybody who's interested, check it out. I also got into a great conversation yesterday with eminent commander of New Haven Commandery, Martin Ede, the other night about the two riders coin, which basically is a coin that resembles the ancient Knights Templar coin. Go on uh, www.uponthepoint.com, check it out. Also want to plug our own www.thefreemasonspodcast.com. We got shirts, we got shit. I got all kinds of stuff up there. I haven't put up posted anything new, but I'll come up with some ideas shortly. The There are two discount codes as well. FM Podcast, as well as OG Listeners. And the OG Listeners actually gives you, I think it's 10 or 15% off of your OG Ride or Die long sleeve or short sleeve shirt. Also, one other thing I want to talk about is how to become a supporter of the podcast. If you go to https colon forward slash forward slash anchor dot fm forward slash george hyphen mudry forward slash support, you can go on there and you can support the podcast. You could, It's a monthly charge, usually about either 99 cents a month. It could be $4.99 a month or $9.99 a month. And anything that you give us goes directly to the podcast as well as our adventures, which we are going to be at Ezekiel Bates Lodge at Masonicon. And again, I'm going to drop you the date on that. And the date is April 27th. So anybody who's interested, Masonicon's got all kinds of interesting stuff going on up there. They'll have a bunch of vendors, different podcasts. We're going to be meeting with a couple other podcast members from the Masonic Roundtable, as well as Dennis Burns himself, our sponsor from UponThePoint.com. He's going to be up there with a bunch of coins. Interested? Head on up. All right. Next thing we're going to get into is our shout-outs. The very first shout-out I want to give is we had... Not only did we have our uh, Grand Lodge session two weeks ago, but this this weekend, particularly yesterday and Friday, we had a new right eminent Grand Commander of the Grand Commandery of the State of Connecticut installed. It is eminent, uh, right eminent Sir Knight, Michael Seaman. And he all the Grand Commandery officers 
pretty much bumped up, but he is our new Grand Commander of the state of Connecticut, so I'd like to give him a shout-out. So, I'm here by myself, but I'm going to recite it anyway. Right hand to arms. Ready. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Viva! 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 All right. Let me refill my glass here. Next one I want to get into. Oh, while we're on that subject, the Grand Commandery uh, had their annual, uh, annual communication, and I have moved up from the Grand Sentinel. I am now the Grand Sword Bearer of the Grand Commandery of the state of Connecticut, which basically means, God willing, in seven years, I will be the right eminent Grand Commander of the state of Connecticut, so long as I'm pushed in line as well, um, as long as I'm appointed and or elected in the future. So let's move on to shout, uh, excuse me, likes on Facebook. Daniel Sharkis, who was actually up here last time. He is a Warshaw brother and the current sitting AGM of the 3rd District in the North. Hank Ruse. Isaac G. Bahena. Jesus Perez. Sharon Perkins Sanford Lubby. They were our likes on Facebook. Instagram, I've been also speaking to, his name is actually on Instagram, it's kind of funny, Garrett the Barbarian, it's kind of funny, he was asking me, he's actually going to be taking his degrees in, I believe, Texas, he's uh, Texas Lodge number 46, and he just had his petition read, and he's, they're scheduling his, his interview sometime next week, I told him to keep me posted. I think that's all I have for new likes on Instagram. If I missed anybody, call me out on it next episode or call me out on it whenever you're ready. So I will toast him as well, as well as the Facebook. Right hand arms. Ready. Aim. Fire. Good fire. Fire all. Viva! 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 All right. For anybody who is on Facebook, please go on to the Freemasons Podcast Facebook page and community page. Uh, sign up if you're interested in joining the group. We got some funny stuff up there. We have great conversations between the listeners as well as the hosts, co-hosts, and guests of this podcast. And we got some funny stuff that happens up on there. So, if interested, go on there. We have three questions you have to answer. It pertains to the previous podcast so that we know you're not fake or part of this Illuminati Brotherhood. We haven't had any action with them lately. I have been talking to Brother Rob Fowler, and they've been pretty silent. They haven't really been bothering, at least to my knowledge anyway. So, But I definitely needed to do a podcast today, even though I'm doing it by myself. It's kind of quiet up here, which is nice. I haven't done my own podcast since, I think, the first one. And uh, I knew if I wouldn't do one, I'd get some Aussie, no, not naming anybody in particular, but he'd be like, hi, how come you didn't put up an episode? I've been waiting to listen to it all day, mate. You are know who you are, Lynx. Anyway, so let's get into the main topic here. And the main topic is going to be women and Freemasonry, not women in Freemasonry, women and Freemasonry and how this works. Basically... Women are not allowed to be Freemasons. It is uh, one of the things that it's one of our tenets on why women cannot be Freemasonry. 
And I'm going to be citing this from an actual website, which is Masonic Service Association of North America. They give out a short talk bulletin, and this is pretty much where I'm reading this from. And this is the exact reason on why women are not are not allowed into be actual Freemasonry. In Freemasonry, as in as in all other areas of life, women play an important role. The opportunities for women to participate in Freemasonry are widespread and meet a variety of needs, from social interaction in the orders of both men and women to the unique needs met in the women-only Masonic-related organizations. The moral and ethical values that Freemasonry encourages are universal and are not gender-based. However, Masonic lodges maintain today a long-standing tradition of restricting membership in Freemasonry to just men. This traditionally is based on the historical all-male membership of stonemason guilds. During the Middle Ages, men traveled far from home and lived in lodges while constructing great cathedrals around Europe. So this is where it pretty much comes from, and it's more it's a tradition that's been carried on through the years. However, in the middle 1800s, the fraternity took a very progressive step for that time, especially for that time, of creating organizations that included women so that men and women could share Masonic fraternalism. The Order of the Eastern Star, the largest of these Masonic-related groups, was established in 1855, the Order of Amaranth in 1873, and the White Shrine of Jerusalem Jerusalem in 1894. I just want to throw this out here right off the bat. I am not a member of any of these, not for any particular reason, is that I am a member of so many appending bodies that uh, I just don't got the time. However, the Order of the Eastern Star and Amaranth actually meet up here in our Masonic Lodge, and we share the Masonic Lodge with them up here. Again, we pretty much front it, but they are they are more than welcome to come up here as well. Many of our Masons, in uh, there's quite a few Masons in our lodge that are actually in Eastern Star um, as well, uh, Warshaw Brother Randy Bruce being one of them. But we have uh, quite a few Masons that uh, are part of these appending bodies as well. Two national Masonic-related youth groups are for young women, the International Order of Job's Daughters, founded in 1920, and the International Order of for Rainbow Girls, founded in 1922. Rainbow Girls are... I think they're a little bit more prominent. They're a little bit more out there. Um, but the Rainbow and Job's Daughters are involved with local charities, community service, and educational programs. Other Masonic-related organizations limit their membership to women only, such as the Ladies Oriental Shrine of North America, Daughters of the Nile, Daughters of Mokana, the Social Order of the Boceon, which has to do with Knights Templar. Uh, it's basically women who... Usually it's wives or girlfriends or or grandmothers or granddaughters of Masons that partake and are a part of this. And the social order of the Boceant has to do with the Knights Templar. These Masonic-related organizations, like many organizations in North America, both social and professional, base their membership on gender. Junior League, PEO, National Association of Female Executives, and the Girl Scouts, for instance, are organizations organizations created exclusively for women established to fulfill their unique interest and specific needs. So again, there is, yes, the Freemasons, we, we limit our, our membership to men only. We don't limit, we don't allow it, but there are also many organizations that are strictly, you know, that are appending bodies of Freemasonry that men cannot also join. And it, again, it, it's more of a traditional thing. 
it stems back from the ancient stone guilds. Traditionally, in medieval times, uh, women were to take care of the households and the homes, and men went out and worked. And that's exactly what this, this tradition is being followed on. One of the things I want to touch on is I want to actually give a brief history of the Order of the Eastern Star, as well as Amaranth. So, Eastern Star, again, is the pending body, and I don't have the officers here in front of me, but I will give uh, a brief synopsis of what each one of them is. The Order of the Eastern Star is the world's largest fraternal organization, largest, to which men and women may both belong. Apologies, I'm up here by myself, so I'm sucking down my own alcohol, so I have to pause every once in a while. There are over one million members of the order worldwide and fall under the governance of the General Grand Chapter. While it is said that the Order of the Eastern Star is Freemasonry for women, it should not be confused with co-masonry, a form of clandestine or fringe masonry not recognized by the Grand Lodges of North America. This being said, the OES is believed to have its roots in France as early as 1703, a decade before the inception of the first Grand Lodge of London in 1717. So this actually predates the Grand Lodge of London, where uh, Androgynous degrees were believed to be conferred. I think that's right. I don't have anybody up here to yell at me, so fuck it, it's right now. The true start of the order as it's known today, would come a century and a half later on American soil by Dr. Robert Morris, the poet ugh, the poet of Freemasonry, founded the Order of Eastern Star in 1850. Morris, a well-known and respected Mason author who traveled far and wide, felt that it was a shame that all the good in Masonry was confined to men alone. So this guy basically grabbed the bull by the horns. He said, hey, we need to do something for the women. And, uh... That's what we did. Dynamic Man is actually texting me or messaging me right now with images from the ghost thing. Where the investigations are actually going over the uh, they're going over the evidence of the last one. So I'm interested in find out what they see. She's already sent me a couple things, but I'm going to keep it under wraps until later. But back on to this. Uh, he knew that the ancient landmarks of the order did not permit women from joining the fraternity and thus harbored this idea for many years without action. It is in 1850, while confined to his home following an accident, that Morris wrote the initiatory degrees of the order. He first initiated his wife and daughters and expanded to some neighbor ladies. The signs and modes of recognition given to them, he freely communicated to Masons so that they would be able to recognize the newly initiated women. So he started making his own order, basically. He gave them signs, and he gave them different things, and he it was a way to make them kind of part of what we were, but not exclusively, not exclusively having to deal with the degrees of Freemasonry. Uh, later, Robert McCoy, who came on board in 1860 and wrote the rituals of the order as they exist today. So Robert uh, Robert McCoy in 1860 is actually the one who, uh, he the rituals that they use are still used to this day. The degree centered upon the, the lives of five biblical heroines, Ada, Ada, whatever. I can't figure it out. I don't have an over here. So Ada, I'm right. See, this is the best part about being up here by my fucking self. I can say whatever the hell I want, and I'm never wrong. I don't have people to make fun of me. I don't have people to pick on me. So this is great. Ada, Ruth, Esther, Martha, and Electra. Sounds like a uh, American gladiator. But anyway, um, and Electra, with each one representing one of the five principles of the order, which are fidelity, 
constancy, loyalty, faith, and love. The General Grand Chapter of the Order of the Eastern Star was established in 1876 and is a governing body for the fraternal organization. So that's pretty much a little bit of history of it. And they also have all kinds of different things that they do in regards to the different charities that they support. They also support, uh, it says that they give support to young people who are members of the Rainbow Girls, Job's Daughters, the Order of Demolay, which are for people, Demolay is for young men who are under the age of 18 and cannot be Freemasons yet. It's kind of like a preliminary. I can, I can, I guess I can compare it to a boys group um, that has to do with degrees and talks about a little bit of religion. I am not a member of Demolay as well. If anybody is interested in this after I am done spewing my shit up here and wants to fire me a message and say, hey, I want to know more about Demolay, maybe for your kid, or know more about Rainbow for my daughter, or Eastern Star for any of the ladies who may listen to this podcast, if you're or Amaranth, which I'm going to touch on momentarily. If you're interested, shoot me a message. Say, hey, I'm interested in this. Talk more about it. I'm kind of giving a brief synopsis of this because, you know, there are people on there that are that I've seen on the internet that bitch and moan that women are not to be Freemasons. Uh, how come free women can't be Freemasons? Bah, 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 bah. So some of the lodges overseas have women in them, Freemasons. Again, if you want to know what we do, you can go on the internet and you can actually read the ritual right off the internet. So if women are interested or want to know what we do, it Freemasonry is more of a fraternity for men. And again, I can go online and I could probably find out what Eastern Star Amaranth's uh, degrees are or their ritual. I don't really want to know because that's for or even the women's groups that are exclusively for women. I don't want to know. And the best way I can explain things is, you know, women have their own thing and men have their own thing. I'm trying to put this where everyone will understand that you know, I, I first off, I could be Eastern Star or Amaranth, and I would never want to look up their their ritual because I can explain to you what an orange tastes like. I can dictate it to you all day long. This is what an orange tastes like. Da 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 da. And you know what? So and, and I'm comparing this to the degrees of Freemasonry. I'm comparing this to degrees of any of the fraternal organizations that have to do with Freemasonry. I can explain to you what the degrees are about what happens and this, that, and everything. But comparative to the orange, you know, I can tell you what it tastes like, but you really don't know until you try it. And that's similar to Freemasonry is, you know, I can tell you what the degrees are about, but it's not going to mean anything to you until you're actually going through it. So again, that's why I really don't look up, you know, I never, even when I began my Masonic journey, I never really looked up the ritual. I wasn't really interested in the ritual. I kind of wanted to go through it and I wanted to go through blind. But in regards to this in particular, women have their own groups. And and I, me personally as a man, if if, if there was a female group, I, I wouldn't want to be interested in it because it's it's for for women alone. That's That's their thing. And I could look up the ritual on the internet and I can Google search it. And 90% of the shit that I'm going to find is going to be bullshit, but that's theirs. And, and I, th there's no, no reason for a man, you know, to infringe on that. So that's pretty much the comparative that I make. But anyway, all of these groups, these appending bodies and everything, they all donate to charity. They all give back to something. So I just want to make that clear that, you know, they, they do 
every one of these appending bodies, including Freemasonry, we all give a lot of time, effort, and money to many um, different charitable organizations. Uh, Eastern Star, I believe, is mostly around. They're, they they deal with a lot of the younger kids. Not that Freemasons don't either, because we do do a lot of support for DMLA and everything. And also Boy Scouts, because our lodge in particular uh, did a, we did a, Pinewood Derby uh, in Oxford, and it was awesome. So I am going to move on now to Order of Amaranth. Okay, I'm just going to give you a little heads up here. The Order of Amaranth is a fraternal organization composed of master masons and their properly qualified female relatives. In the teachings, the members are emphatically reminded of their duties to God, to their country, to their fellow beings. They are urged to portray by precept and example their belief in the golden rule and by conforming to the virtues inherent in truth, faith, wisdom, and charity, and they can prove to others the goodness promulgated by the order. I'm terrible at words, but anyway, again, I'm right. So They do all kinds of charitable work. Um, one of the major things that they do that I'm reading about, because again, I'm... Again, I'm not too familiar with them, so I'm trying to just give them little shout-outs shout outs and tidbits. Uh, but one of the things they do is the Amaranth Diabetes Foundation. And I actually want to do another podcast of all of the different appending bodies and what they, what their charities are all about. So let's get into a little brief history of Amaranth. About 300 years ago in Sweden, a little girl, just six years old, named Christina, became the ruler of that country. As she grew into womanhood, she was very fond of things beautiful, cultured, and social importance. During her reign as queen, she created the Order of Amarantha for ladies and knights of her royal court, building it around the character of Lady Amarantha, who was portrayed as a beautiful, virtuous, and talented lady of the court. Queen Christina herself acted the part of Lady Amarantha, and the name of the order was probably chosen because of the beautiful, never-fading red amaranthus flower growing in profusion in Spain and Portugal. The order was perpetrated and exists in the royal court of Sweden now. As originally created by Queen Christina, the royal and social order of Amarantha had no more connection with Freemasonry than did the beautiful Catholic cathedrals constructed by Masons and by builders of old. Before the structure of Masonry was developed and embodied in our present-day fraternity. So let's leave the Swedish order of Amarantha and return to more modern days. In the middle of the 19th century, a number of societies were started in America in which females could become members. The two that we are most concerned with are the Order of Eastern Star and the Order of Amaranth. Again, we just covered Eastern Star, but we'll get more into it. From the report, the Honored Lady Grace Schinniger, a member of the present order who visited Sweden in recent years, we find the following interesting information. One account was given by an Englishman himself, a member of the order and longtime guest of Christina's court, seems to be the most plausible in, in keeping the lessons handed down to us in our present order, he says, the person kneeling down before the queen held up his hands between the queen's hands and declared his duty in that order and maintain and defend the virtue and the honor of virtuous ladies to endeavor to correct vice, to perform honorable actions and keep his faith 
and in all matters related to honor and virtuous performances, which the court observe, uh, promised to observe. So that's pretty much how it all starts. It was started at this time. It again appears in France when lodge, lodges of adoption were created in 1730, each of which was under the control of the Masonic Lodge until the 10th of June, 1974, when the Grand Orient of France, by an edict, assumed control of all lodges of adoption. I don't know what the hell lodges of adoption are. I'll have to look into that. But uh, anyway... In 1860, Brother James B. Taylor from Newark, New Jersey, attempted to compose the material to start a new society. He learned that in 1653, Queen Christina of Sweden had combined a group of Sir Knights and ladies together to have a gala party. She called this group the Order of Amarantha. So that's pretty much where he got it from. And that's where you get the beginning of the Order of Amaranth. So that's pretty much that. Let's get over here into the order, International Order for Rainbow Girls. This is another one of the, this is for girls who are under the age of 18. International Order of Rainbow Girls prepares girls for reasonable and purposeful adulthood through character and leadership development, encouraging unselfish service in the higher ideals of life and promoting teamwork and effective interpersonal communications. I'm trying to find out the history of it, but... I think. Oh, here we go. History. Wrong tab, dummy. In 1922, Rainbow was created for young women whose fathers were members of the Masonic Lodge and their friends. Although a Christian minister named W. Mark Sexton founded the organization, today the leaders of Rainbow Girls respect and welcome all girls from every religion. Their main focus is more spiritual principles of being kind and caring person. While the Rainbow practices principles and programs continue to evolve, the basic teachings of faith, hope, charity remain the cornerstone of this dynamic girls' youth group. Today, there are more than 850 assemblies across the world that have bi-monthly meetings. This is how the members learn standard meeting protocol and parliamentary procedure. Adults are always present to provide support, guidance, and help interpret the rules. Members also learn to memorize meaningful lectures and to be prepared for exemplarious speeches. I'm going to go with exemplary speeches because, again, I fucking suck. Um, but I'm always right, especially when I'm up here alone. Some meetings concluded with a presentation or unique entertainment. So this is pretty much a girls' group for younger girls uh, under the age of 18, I'm assuming. Because, again, I'm not a member of the Rainbow Girls. But... If anybody is interested in more of these of these orders, this is going for females, uh, let me know. Send me a message. Say, hey, I'm interested in this. I wanted to cover this one because there are a lot of female groups that uh, nobody really knows about. You know, everybody hears about Freemasonry and they think, oh, the Freemasons, all a bunch of men doing everything. But it's not that simple. We frequently cross paths with eastern star and amaranth we have we actually as a matter of fact we are doing a masonic funeral up here for a worshipful brother who passed away not too long ago uh, in a couple weeks the eastern star has their own eastern star funeral and we are going to be doing it in conjunction with them so uh, there's many things that we're going to be pa crossing paths on we've invited them to dinner so it's not just that now let's get into Besides the 
I guess, Masonic appending bodies of the women. Uh, let's get into Masonic wives, girlfriends, mothers, what have you not. And I'm not reading anything off of this. I read enough. I'm going to just speak from basically the heart or mind. The Masonic wives and girlfriends are absolutely instrumental in what we do. You know, what you don't realize is that if you really think that men just come up here and just kind of, especially, see, our lodge doesn't have a food. We don't have a, up up here, we don't have a a kitchen or anything. But there are many lodges that the women come and help out. They make ziti. I'm sure there are many wives, actually, of our lodge, you know, that had brought dinner in the past uh, and continue to do things. Uh, for instance, the the scare the excuse me the scarecrow thing that we did outside for Halloween, that was a bunch of the members' wives and girlfriends that came here and they decorated. We were going to do the flower thing where for uh, the the town of Seymour does this thing where you paint wooden flowers. Um, women were going to do that. They they are extremely helpful in what we do. Um, as a matter of fact, at Grand Commandery this weekend, there was actually a whole ladies' program. They had the the men go do their thing and the women go do their thing, but they are at the same location, the same hotel at the same time. Uh, the women come to the dinners. The women actually, one of the ladies of the Grand Commandery, one of the wives of the Grand Commandery, again, I'm trying not to name drop here because you know, I don't know if they really want their names out there, you know, men or women. I don't usually name drop people unless they say, yeah, go ahead, drop my name. But my point is, is that they had a bakeless bake sale. They had a couple, they had to, they made a bunch of baskets, uh, which, you know, they made like raffle baskets, I guess. And one of them had, uh, all kinds of bourbon in there. And they had, uh, they had a nice decorative tapestry that was actually made for Knights. It had like Knights Templar on the front and it had a whole nice Knights Templar poem on it. And, uh, the reason why I'm bringing up the bourbon basket is because I must've dropped about 57 tickets into this fucking raffle, into the raffle basket and wouldn't you fucking know I didn't win? <laughs> uh, the other one I was actually after was the the Knights Templar tapestry. I thought that was really nice. And uh, I didn't get that fucking one either. So, but anyway, the money that was raised from that raffle, as well as the Bakeless Bake Sale, I think she said it was almost over, it was over $5,000. It was either 4800 or just over $5,000, which is a lot of money. And the Masons didn't raise this. The women did. They raise that money, and that goes directly to the Knights Templar Eye Foundation, which is the charity that the Knights Templar supports, and they donate it to the eye research to help blind people. So just a little tidbit, that's that's the women did that. The, the wives, girlfriends, and women did that. That wasn't us. So they are very instrumental in what they do. Now, mind you, the Knights Templar Eye Foundation is a charity that is the Masons began but the women have pretty much they ra- that five thousand dollars is more than we could probably raise in in two months. Uh, the women made it in one night, basically one weekend. They did it. So my hats off to the Masonic women uh, who did that, the wives and girlfriends and all that. The only thing that really is barring of Freemasons of women is our rituals and coming to our meetings. However, there are many times where right after a meeting. Wives and girlfriends show up. They come afterward. They come hang out with us, whether it's down at the bar or they come before. There's been many times where they come before, and there's many times where they actually sit there through the entire 
meeting outside and some you know we've had um brother dan's text me right now that dirty italian it just says boobity boppity all over my phone so he's just boobity boppity boppity bop boobity he was gonna come up here but he was busy and i didn't want to i don't force anybody to come up here with me it's uh they come up here they come up here if they don't i'll do this shit by myself because you know what i drink alone which is what i'm doing right now uh back on track though and that's actually where the order of the Bosiant came from, is while men in the Knights Templar were having their meeting, the women would go have theirs, where they would go do their order, and we would do our order, and you know we would do order of the temple or whatever we were doing, and they would do the order of the Bosiant, and then after our meeting was done, we'd meet back up with them, and then boom, it, we just sat down, had dinner together, or you know did whatever, had refreshments afterward, so. The only thing that's really, bar it's not like, I, I feel like sometimes people think that, oh, the Masons are up there. No men, or no women, you know, they can't be up there. But that's not entirely accurate. They just can't be in the room when we're doing our ritual. And again, if you want to see our ritual, go on the internet. It's all over the place, and which I can't stand. But again, as I said before, you know, it, I compare it to the orange thing. I can tell you what an orange tastes like, but it not as satisfying as when you actually eat it and that's pretty much my advice to anybody so i don't know how much longer i'm gonna stay up here because i think i'm pretty much done anybody who's interested in the ghost hunters coming back let me know because they found all kinds of stuff i actually have diana sent me a couple pictures of orbs and everything if you want the liberty ghost hunters to come back or if anybody's interested in hearing anything else other than what i've talked about or is interested in any further information on this, let me know. Uh, I haven't picked the topic for next show, which is going to be on Thursday. But if you want to hear something, you need to message me. We had a new review on Apple iTunes that I want to read off. This one is by Matt Keithley. Hi, Matt. This is lots of good info, history, etc. It gave us a five-star review. Not a Mason yet, but I like the podcast. The guys can be kind of rough. Yes, we absolutely can, Matt. But I'll tell you what, we may be rough, but we love each other like we're all blood family. But if you listen through that, they take their Freemasonry very seriously. Yes, we absolutely do. And share some great info. I'm looking to the connection with a local lodge myself soon. That's great. Hopefully, I can find a younger active lodge like the one who does this podcast. I'll bring it up again. Even if you don't find a younger lodge, go out and find good men of your age and make it a younger lodge. Don't just join a lodge like, oh, great, they're all younger guys. You know what? Because I'll tell you what, a lot of the older brothers will give you a ton of experience if you ask them. The one thing, yes, the, the, the older guys kind of broke my stones when I was master. However, they were a plethora of information. If you ask them about the old days and back when they were master and everything, and I'm not being condescending about that, like, because I've, I've been, well, that's not how he did it in my day, you know. But um, in all seriousness, ask them about when they were master. Ask them about the glory days of when they were masons. And I'll tell you, you'll learn a ton of stuff from them they are an absolute plethora of information 
the other thing is, you know, again, if you have a, if you join a lodge in your local area that's, you know, of older brothers and, and not very active, make it active. You yourself make it active. Go there, do like I did. Really put your put your foot to the floor and bring in young good men. I don't want you to, don't just we don't, you know, our our grand our past grandmaster said it before. We don't want warm bodies filling chairs. Good men that you know are good, you know, that are going to adhere to the tenets of Freemasonry and what we stand for. Don't just bring in any old Joe Schmo and, you know, people who are going to be active and take part of it. And if that lodge isn't a younger lodge, make it a younger lodge. Learn everything that there is to learn to turn it into what you imagine it to be. I do have questions. I thought Eastern Star was for women. Women related to Masons, but still, I have no questions. Will tonight be live? Um, I was thinking about it, but eh, not really. I th- uh, So, Eastern Star is for women and men. Uh, both can join. I don't know exactly the innards of how it works with them. Uh, I don't know if women are in charge and men kind of are just there to assist. I really don't know. I Again, I'm not part of Eastern Star. Uh, if you're interested, I will get somebody up here who is Eastern Star. Uh, we had another one from Stephanie. Are there degrees for women in Eastern Star the same or similar to Freemason degrees? I, I believe they're similar. They probably have the same sort of... They probably still have the same basis to them uh meaning like the same tenets charity fraternity all that but again i don't know i've never taken an eastern star degree and i'm sure i'm hoping that sandy never finds out about this podcast because she'll be passing me a petition but uh i i don't know much about it um i don't know how the format is and i don't know but i believe it's probably very very similar to freemasonry uh, they probably have signs and tokens just like we do. They probably have words just like we do. I don't. I think it's just similar but different. Um, I, again, I don't know much about it. So, but those are the only two questions I had about this. I'm going to check over at Instagram because I just again for anybody who's interested in this, let me know and I will. I will do my absolute damnedest to answer your questions. And if I can't, and you are interested in this, any women or men for that. Uh, for that matter, who are interested in this, I'll get somebody up here. Uh, maybe I'll bring Sandy Austin. She is uh, the secretary of all kinds of bodies. So she's very uh, intelligent and she talks to me all the time. Uh, usually yells at me about throwing out the garbage or turning the heat down. But <laughs> anyway, before I close this up, is I actually want to have a Masonic toast for the women, wives, girlfriends, pending bodies who assist us as Freemasons and raise money for charity for Freemason charities and basically allow us to go out and play with the boys, so to speak, when we go to our Masonic lodges and all the fun things that we do. Well, because if it weren't for their permissions and for their help, I don't think Freemasonry be as as interesting as fun as it, is currently so right into arms ready aim fire good fire fire all
Viva! 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 With that being said, for the Freemasons Podcast, I am Right Warshore Brother George Marjorie, signing off. Catch you next time.